0: As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the Joyful Journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyer, Anita Adams here, your host. And today I want to talk to you about failing. Failure is something I taught my children to celebrate from a young age. Failure is a good thing, I told them. It gives you strength and teaches you resilience. And when the time comes, when something is really important to you, you won't give up so easily. This is a hard message to drive home though, because the world tells us a different story. The world celebrates success and sweeps failures under the rug, shamefully hiding them away. We need to embrace failure and this attitude of failing forward if we are going to create a life we absolutely love. Failure is inevitable at some point if you want to create the best possible life for yourself. The trick is to learn from those failures and try again and again and again until you succeed or until a new path opens up for you. One of my favorite stories to illustrate this point is from when I was a young woman pursuing a modeling career. That was the dream back then. I wanted to be a famous model, doing the catwalk for big fashion shows and having my image splashed across the pages of magazines around the world. I was doing a lot of fashion shows in Vancouver and was in a few designer catalogs. It even got on a billboard once. But to go big, I understood that I needed to secure an agent in the US. So I set out to get a work visa for the States, which was relatively easy to do in the 90s. I chose to find an agent in San Francisco, which I figured would be easier to do than in the fashion Mecca of New York City where everyone wanted to be. I researched the agencies in San Francisco and ended up scheduling interviews with the top three. I scheduled all three meetings on the same day with a gap of a 90 minute period between each. On the day of my interviews, I set out from my hotel with a bounce in my step, excited to meet these agents and find representation in this windy city. I was taking action and making my dreams a reality. That felt empowering. It was a beautiful crisp September morning and I was full of bright hopes for my future. My first meeting was with an agent who insisted I meet her before anyone else. That excited me too. She seemed so keen to meet me and I couldn't help wondering if being Canadian made me somehow more intriguing. (sighs) When I arrived at her office, this agent was standing by a big bay window, talking on the phone with her back to the door. She heard me entered, turned, gave me the once-over with an assessing eye, and then turned back to the window and her conversation and proceeded to ignore me. There was no place for me to sit. So I stood there by the door waiting for what seemed like an eternity, feeling increasingly awkward. When her call finally ended, she slammed down the phone, marched over to me, and demanded to see my portfolio. She then flipped through the photos at lightning speed, thrust the book back in my general direction, and as she turned and walked away, said in a low, cruel voice, You'll never work in this city. I was momentarily stunned by this rude woman who didn't even have the decency to say hello. I collected myself quickly enough, though, turned on my heels, and was out the door before the tears could spring loose once on the street i searched for a payphone booth remember those things where i could close the world out and call tom who at the time was my boyfriend of 2 years as soon as tom was on the other end the waterworks began in earnest he just listened and said kind soothing things Eventually, I pulled myself together, blotted my tear-streaked face, and decided to head back to the hotel to freshen up. I had an hour before my next meeting. I needed to get my game face back on. A half hour later, I had a freshly painted face and a new outfit. Maybe what I wore to the last meeting wasn't chic enough, I told myself, and I was ready for my second interview of the day. This time, I walked into a plush office with velvety curtains hanging over the windows and a big mahogany desk in the middle of a smallish room. Behind the desk sat a tall man in a crisp white shirt and dark tie. He looked more like an accountant than an agent. He was pleasant enough though, and he took his time looking through each photo in my portfolio. This was feeling all right. Then he got up from his desk took my portfolio and slipped behind a door at the back of the room as soon as he opened that door i could tell that's where the real business happened i'm not even speaking to an agent i thought i'm speaking to the gatekeeper barely a moment later the accountant gatekeeper was back he took a seat gave me back my portfolio politely folded his hands on the desk and said Anita, you are pretty, but the women we represent here are beautiful." Another kick to the gut. I don't remember leaving that office. I just remember that I found myself in yet another payphone booth shortly after, sobbing once more to Tom. I had one more interview to go. Could I do it? I wondered. Could I actually pull myself together and make it to that last interview? Tom's encouraging words helped, so I went back to my hotel, freshened up my makeup again, and got into my third outfit of the day. I needed to shed the ugliness of the last experience, and redoing my makeup and changing my clothes seemed to help. I stood in my small hotel room and did a few power poses too. If you are unfamiliar with the concept of power poses, check out Amy Cuddy's TED talk on the subject. The talk is called, Your Body Language May Shape Who You Are. You can find it on YouTube. I didn't know about Amy Cuddy back then, but I did understand that how you hold your body can shift your mindset. A victory pose, for instance, with your feet shoulder width apart, as you stand tall, chin up, and hands on your hips, gives you a sense of personal power and a feeling of victory. This may be an artificial sense of victory, but it helps nonetheless. After doing a few power poses and some deep breathing, I felt in control again and was ready to make my way to my final interview. This third office was a hubbub of activity. It appeared that there was an audition taking place on site as the waiting room was packed with tall, beautiful people, all with their portfolios. Eventually, the agent I was to meet, or was he another gatekeeper, came out. He shook my hand and then pointed to two empty seats in the corner. All right, I guess we're having this meeting right here, I thought. Graciously, this agent took his time going through my portfolio. When he was done flipping through the pages, he asked me to show him my runway walk. What? Right here? Right Right now? Oh my god. Oh my god, he's serious. All right. Up I got, and I strutted my stuff, pretending that all the onlookers in the rating room, and they were all looking, were an adoring audience at a glamorous fashion show. After a few passes and hip-swaying turns, the agent nodded once, got up, and said, Follow me. Oh, thank God, I thought. At least he has the decency to reject me in private. I followed the agent to his office in the back of the building, which was nothing like the posh offices I had been in earlier. This one looked like work was actually done in it. The desk was piled high with papers, and on the wall behind it were tons of photos of the talent represented by this agency. I recognized some of the faces Linda Evangelista, Kate Most, Cindy Turlington. These were some of the biggest names of the day. The agent took his seat behind the desk and gestured for me to take a seat too. Then he said, Anita. We have some of the most talented and sought-after models in the world working with us. Oh boy, here it comes. We would love to represent you. I blinked. When I didn't say anything, he pulled out something from his desk and handed it to me. It was a contract. I don't recall a thing he said after that as my mind was racing, barely able to believe what was happening. This agent from John Casablanca's, one of the most reputable agencies in the world at the time, was asking me to sign a contract to be represented by them. I signed, of course. When I left the agency, I found another payphone, called Tom, and for the third time that day, cried. This time, for entirely different reasons. The modeling career that followed was far from glamorous, and I certainly didn't become famous but it did take me to Italy, Spain, Germany and Japan and gave me many rich and memorable experiences. I love telling the story because it beautifully illustrates how to fail forward, how to keep picking yourself up when others wanna push you down. Failing hurts, being rejected is incredibly painful and yet you only lose if you allow failure and rejection to stop you. I am so grateful for that experience as it taught me such a valuable lesson about not giving up and not allowing the, the opinions, beliefs and cruelty of others to pull me down. The only way to truly fail is by giving up. So instead, learn to fail forward and adopt the mindset that failure is a stepping stone to success. Failure is a stepping stone to your greatest life. Remember too, that failure is part of the joyful journey. So don't be afraid to fail. Celebrate your failures. Pick yourself up and carry on. Joyful journeyer, I am so honored to be on this exciting journey with you. I look forward to connecting with you again next time. Thank you for joining me on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking and you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.